is to have your thoughts bathed in an awareness of God. Are we ever going to understand all of the mysteries of God? No. Not until then. Not until the end. Not in this life. The Bible is very clear. Who can understand the mind of God? But the Spirit searches the mind of God. So moment to my moment, situation by situation, the Spirit reveals to you the mind of God in that moment and in that situation. It's why I've, t- I've taught you by the leading of the Spirit. Really, the Spirit of God has taught you because you need no man to teach you, the Bible says. But the Spirit teaches, the anointing teaches, to follow the Spirit. I, I saw something the other day posted, and it said, just follow the Scriptures. I have a problem with that. And this is why. I, 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 do we follow the Bible? Sure, yeah. Do I read the Bible? Yeah. But just follow the Scriptures is dangerous. You have to understand that people just following the Scriptures crucified Jesus. I want you to think about that. People just following the Scriptures crucified Jesus. Hey, go look at like all some crazy cults. I mean, look at the Catholic Church and, uh, and the Crusades. Huh? There's a lot of things. I, I, I was joking with my son today. I was like, I need you to help me with a, a sermon illustration. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, put ketchup packets like under your shirt, da, 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 and I'm going to take a stick. And I was like, I'm going to mock beat you in front of everybody. And like blood's going to splatter and it's going to be this big thing. And he was looking at me like, you're out of your mind. And he's like, what are you talking about? And, and in Proverbs, it says this. It says, if you do not punish your child, with the rod of correction, is like you're, you're basically leading them to death, okay? So I could take that scripture and literally pummel my son with a, with a bat or a rod right here in front of you all in the church and be like, well, I'm just following the Bible. I'm just following the scriptures. Is that the proper understanding of what that scripture means? Absolutely not. Is God sanctioning the abuse of a child? Absolutely not. <laughs> but somebody said, well, I'm just following scripture. Huh? Well, I mean, they did it to the woman caught in adultery. Well, we're just following the scripture. We're going to kill her right now. But what was the spirit of God? What was the mind of God for the woman caught in adultery in that moment? Yes, the law of God would demand that she be stoned. But the mind of God, the application of the written word for that moment was not to stone her, but to have mercy on her. Do you see what I mean? We need to understand the written word. It's Samson. Look. Look at Samson. The mind of God uh, uh, in, the, in the right moment in time and understanding the scriptures. Uh, the Bible says that the, the Israelites were not to marry anyone that was pagan, especially not a Philistine. Somebody worship, they would literally worship demons. It's like, don't have anything to do with them, don't do it. But the Bible says that when Samson married his uh, Philistine wife, that it was of God. Meaning it was in the mind of God that he would do that. Man, that will, some people say, whoa, that's sketchy. What are you saying? That's scary, man. You, you're, you're telling people they just go against the Bible. They go, no, no, no. I say you need to know the mind of God. You need to understand the purposes of God and what the Spirit is saying. The Bible also said, or the law also said, don't eat anything unclean. Don't touch something unclean. You, you, you definitely didn't touch, touch waste with your hand. You just didn't do it. It was unclean. But what does God do? God tells Ezekiel to cook his food on human poop and lay naked on the side. The, well, he, oh, lay naked? Yeah, wait a second. But the Bible tells us to be modest. It does tell us to be modest. You're right. But God, in that moment, his mind was that Ezekiel, his, his, his will, the will of God in that moment was for Ezekiel to do what? Lay naked on the street and cook his food on poop. 
in Ezekiel having some kind of wisdom negotiated it down to animal poop, you know, but it was still considered unclean. Do you understand where I'm coming from? We have to understand the scriptures in the heart of God and by the spirit. We need to be led by the spirit. Amen. And God will speak through the scriptures. Uh, and often I've found when God speaks through the scriptures, yes, you can study the scriptures in an intellectual way. Yes, you can study them in the cultural context and find truth about God. Yes, you can. But in my experience, typically when God is speaking through the scripture, the Holy Spirit will highlight or pull out and use a verse to impart to you a supernatural understanding of the nature and mind of God for that moment in your life. Does that make sense? He will breathe on it and breathe life, and it comes with it a, an experiential knowledge of God in the moment. Does that make sense? Huh? It's like in his presence is fullness of joy. And then I read that and all of a sudden joy is manifested upon me by the Spirit. Why? Because God was speaking. Listen, when you, you're, you're depressed right now, you're anxious right now, you're sad right now, but what you really need, you think you need this to change and that to change, and you think, you know, so-and-so did this to you, and they made you feel this way, and that. but the Lord's really like, but if you'll just get in my presence, and my presence is fullness of joy, here, let me show you joy. Does this make sense? And so I'm, uh, I'm sitting and wrestling with God, which I often do, and just situations in life. Listen, man, when you're life uh, decisions affect people, you wrestle with God. You know, you wrestle with God. Jacob wrestled with God. Jacob, literally, his life uh, would affect us all. And you say, well, he didn't know that. Well, I disagree, seeing as how God promised Abraham that he would have descendants as many of the stars. You don't think Jacob knew that he was the descendant and he's the promise? You don't think Jacob knew that? That he came from Isaac? You don't think he was aware of that prophecy and that promise? Hmm? So I was in the, in, in the morning just wrestling with God, just thinking about some things, and, you know, I'm telling God all my perspectives is really what it is. I'm not going to say troubles or woes, you know, because I actually technically... I have troubles in this world, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. And so I can still be of good cheer. But so I'm telling God all my perspectives. And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, go read Jeremiah. And because I was already in Jeremiah, but I'd taken a little detour and I was reading Proverbs and this and that. But in my schedule reading, I was in Jeremiah. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, go read Jeremiah. So I started reading Jeremiah. And I'm 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 just reading through um and it's this word of the lord came to jeremiah the prophet um jeremiah 46 against the nations against egypt and i'm like what are you talking about is this a judgment or you know i'm like i'm asking in god like what's going on and all of a sudden i get to verse 20 and i read this it says egypt is a very pretty heifer and i heard god say egypt i heard it this way this tone i was like, egypt is a very pretty heifer and I was like, God, why did you use that word? Is she a pretty heifer? <laughs> that heifer? <laughs> you know? And I just literally, the, no, like, it was the joy 
in the in the like I, joy hit me. I started giggling. I lost it. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. You know, I'm like, why? Because listen, God was like, again, in my presence is fullness of joy. He was shifting my perspective. Do you understand? He was, why am I sharing this? Because when you, because where we're going today, I want you to know God. I want you to understand the ways of God so that you understand when these things happen, it ain't you, it's him. Huh? And And don't be shocked when you're seeking God for one thing and God points you at another thing. Or instead of maybe answering your question, or instead of, you know, leading you to uh, some, some answer uh, that you're, you're looking for, God instead ministers to your soul. Hmm? Because let me tell you, in the moment when I read this, Egypt is a very pretty heifer. When I read that, when I, said, when I read Egypt is a heifer, and then it goes on, it says, uh, also her mercenaries, they are fat bull. <laughs> I was like, God, you called him a heifer and a fat bull. I was like, you're funny. She a heifer and they a fat bull. And I lost it. And guess what? I could give a rip less about all that other stuff. It all, there's a song, in the light of his uh, presence, everything, all the troubles, they grow vaguely dim. You know, and it's just so good. Isn't God funny, man? I sent it to a couple people on Snapchat, and they were like, they were dying. It was funny. It was great. I was, I'm starting to feel it again, man. She's a pretty heifer, and he a fat bull. <laughs> I said it to Chris Austin. Chris Austin was like, see, I told you heifer was a good word. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if it's good for God, it's good for me. <laughs> now we're going to start watching Chris all the world be like, that heifer? <laughs> like, Chris. That dude ain't nothing but a fat bull. <laughs> Boy, she a heifer and he a fat bull. But God was not. He called him a pretty heifer. At least he said she was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Wagyu beef's pretty to me. He said cows ain't pretty. Oh. Whew. Man, I feel the Lord. You see what I'm saying? She got a pretty fat, pretty effa. <laughs> Just say it with a pretty heifer. <laughs> God's funny, man. Uh, God, yeah. God's got jokes, man. He's funny. Egypt is a very pretty heifer. But destruction comes. It comes from the north. Also, her mercenaries are in her midst. They like fat bulls. Oh, God's funny, man. I lost it. I couldn't even go on. Listen, my whole, I, I lost it. It, it. My whole dynamic shifted, man. You got to understand, he's the shepherd of your souls. He leads you beside still waters. He leads you to green pastures. He restores your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. My mind, will, and emotions, they were twisted up by the lies of the devil. And God, in one moment, using a silly thing like she's a pretty heifer, 
twisted and shifted my whole perspective, my whole soul, and restored it. Amen. And then I, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Huh? It's going to be a bright, 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 mm, bright, sunshiny day. Man, it's what it's about, man. Let him restore your soul. I'll catch myself sometimes. I'm like, why am I in a crappy mood? Why am I crabby? I guarantee you I got a bad perspective somewhere, and this is what I need. Huh? I don't need... Typically, I don't need a rebuke or a correction. Hmm. I need a correction in the sense of I need to think differently because I'm not seeing things rightly. The devil has lied or somebody or something. We talked about it last week. Life and death and the power of the tongue. Something has gotten in my heart and it's producing things that are not of the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so if it ain't producing righteousness, right standing with God, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, God didn't put it there. And so, man, I got, whoa, I need a shift. Does this make sense? So then I had a dream, uh, which is really what I'm going to minister out of today. Um, I just basically shared that one because I knew the joy of the Lord would come <laughs> and hit us. But to, does it help you understand the way God is, though? Doesn't it help you understand that God just, and he wants to, to be the shepherd of your soul. He's the good shepherd. And then um, I really feel, um, to I want to share out of this dream I had. How many of you know that dreams and visions, dreams, visions, prophecy, and signs and wonders are the last day's language of the Lord? They're the last day's language of the Lord. So you've got the indwelling spirit of God, which, again, spoke to me through the scriptures. It, this God is not speaking through the scriptures without the spirit. That's what you have to understand. And, and people, they, they, don't, they, they, they don't like to hear that because it pulls them out of the safety net of, well, it's in the word, brother. But it needs to be the word rightly applied by the Spirit. I, listen, there have literally been armies built, people raped, murdered, and pillaged all in the name of this word. Was that God's intent and his mind for it in the moment? Absolutely not, man. Absolutely not. There is many women right now and men sitting in marriages and homes and places being tormented, being abused, and their people are using these scriptures to justify it, to keep them in it, to keep them locked in, full of narcissism, full of demons, and using the word to continually abuse. That's not the mind of God. I'm sorry. It's just not, man. Also, uh, you know, they use it to beat their children. I mean, it just, it happens. Do I spank my kids? I do. I, I do rarely. Uh, but I do it in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Um, I do it in love. It hurts me when I do it. And I darn sure try not to do it out of anger. The Bible says don't exasperate your children, provoking them to what? Basically go rebel. You can be too overbearing. It's a big deal. Like if I'm going to put my hands on my child, it's a big deal. And they need to know it's a big deal. And they need to know it breaks my heart that I'm doing it. And honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, my kids will be the first to tell you, if, and this has only been by the Spirit of God. I'm not patting myself on the back. I didn't know any of this because it's not what I grew up with. And so, well, my, my dad was pretty good. His dad was horrible. 
at it. But um, but my dad was pr- pretty good. But like, you know, this has been the spirit of God. But if I get too upset or lose it, I don't go, well, I'm your parent and I'm allowed to do whatever I want because you're my kid. Oh, no. I'm the first to ask for forgiveness. You ask my kids. You're the leader of the, like, in, as a parent, you're, I don't know why I'm going here. This to help somebody, but you're the leader of the home. Like, you, you set the example. And listen, in this kingdom, uh, you, we forgive and we move in compassion and we move in mercy. You know, and we move in humility. And so I can't tell my kids, be humble, and then I'm full of pride. Well, I'm your dad. I can do what I want. No, my kids will tell you I'm I'm the first, I'm I'm not perfect. Do I have I lost my cool shirt? Sure. Yep. Especially you're tired. I mean, we all the body, this mortal body, this this thing right here, this tent Peter calls it that we're going to exchange for the eternal one. That thing gets weak sometimes, and we 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 act from that place. But you better believe I'm the first one that's going to go take ownership and be like, man, I messed up right there. We don't do that, and I'm sorry that I did that. You know. And lead from that place. Why? Because, again, that's the Lord does this, man. He leads by example. He doesn't lead by demand. He proves it on the cross. Again, he tells you to follow all the commandments, knowing they're impossible, but then he comes and he does it himself. You know, this is the way the Lord does it. So anyway, um, dreams and visions, signs and wonders, the last day's language of the Lord. This is how God's going to speak to us. He's going to speak to you. Many, maybe you have dreams and you, you throw them out and you don't think they're God, but a lot of times they are. Write them down. Watch if they come to pass. Track them. God wants to speak. In the last days, says God, I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters, men and women, will prophesy. You'll see dreams, or you'll, you'll dream dreams and see visions. Uh, you'll see signs in the heavens and the earth below. Signs and wonders. Fire, blood, smoke, the blood of Jesus the fire of the Holy Spirit, the pillar of cloud, you know. Um, It's also found in Joel too. My point is that we want to follow those things because that's how the Spirit speaks, amen? And we need to understand that, no, God does not contradict His written word, but He doesn't contradict His written word in the context, the cultural context, and the context of the whole Bible, because if we just said and put our foot down and said, well, God doesn't ever contradict the Bible, then Ezekiel was wrong, Samson was wrong, David ate the showbread, huh? Jesus healed on the Sabbath, Jesus was wrong. Y- do you understand what I'm saying? We don't want to be legalistic. We want to be led. Um, so anyway, I had a dream, and in the dream, actually I was talking to Eric Gilmore in the dream, and if you know who Eric Gilmore is, um, he just preaches secret place, secret place, secret place a lot. And he, he said some things to me, and I was like, mm, okay. And I just really feel like they were for today. And so I want to turn with me to John chapter 15. And we're going to go verses 1 through 8. And so I really want to talk to you about abiding in God and, and really what that looks like and, and what we need um, in this life more than anything. Uh, and again, I shared what I shared about the heifer and the fat bull because, again, that's abiding in God. Do you understand? Sometimes abiding in God, you, you, you know, we can get it skewed and think it's, well, I need to spend eight hours a day in prayer. I need to read my Bible eight hours. I need to do all these works and these things. That's not it. Abiding is in God is 
Yes, spending time alone with God, but it's also having your mind full of God. It's abiding in him. It's living in him. It's living with his mind, his ways, his spirit, his heart. Does this make sense? Abiding in God and God abiding in you. You know, um, I see a lot of posts. We need holiness and sanctification in the church again. Amen. Sure. Yes, we do. Here's my problem with that, that thinking, though. Um, if we don't put it in the proper perspective with the heart and mind of God is this. The Bible says that he, and the Lord, Lord shared this with me um, just during worship. The Bible says that he who is one with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. How can you be one spirit with the Holy Spirit and not be holy? How is that possible? Do you corrupt the spirit or does the spirit change you? Is there is my spirit in me powerful enough to affect and change the spirit of God? Hmm? It, am I the dominating force here? He who is one with the Lord is one Spirit union joined as one. One spirit with the Lord. And the Lord's spirit is called what? The Holy Spirit. So now, when we're one, if we're joined, am I taking on his attributes or is he taking on mine? Because to suggest that I'm losing my holiness yet I'm one with God is to suggest that then God is not holy. This will never be, cannot be. All the angels gathered around the throne. All the saints gathered around the throne. All the elders around the throne. They cry what? Holy is He. Holy is He. So if I'm one with God, if I've been made one, this is the mystery revealed. We're going to talk about this on Wednesday. This is the mystery revealed. Christ in us. The hope of glory. He was one with the Lord is one spirit. My spirit on the inside is holy and blameless. Why? Because it's been joined in union with the Holy One. Hmm? Certainly I'm not joined with Him and corruption and sin got in there. I don't think so. Sin separated us from God, right? Hmm? You think God joined Himself with something and left something to keep it separate? How is that even possible? If I'm joined one with the Lord, how is that even possible? Answer me that question. If sin separates from God, how can I be joined to God and still be sin, have sin and not be holy? How is that possible? Is it possible? I'm talking about our spirits. I'm not talking about our soul. I'm not talking about our body. I'm not talking about our life. Uh, James said it clearly. We all stumble in many things. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when we sin or if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Amen? I'm talking about our spirit, man. I'm talking about who we are. Like Bo so beautifully put it, we don't have a spirit. We are a spirit. Who we are, the thing that's saved forever and ever and ever, who you are on the inside of you. Huh? The thing that most of the world is spending hours and days trying to figure out who I want to know who I am. I need to figure out who I am. You need to go figure out who I am. And then there's movies, books, seminars, podcasts, all on this issue. I need to figure out who I am. Well, who does God say that you are? 
God says he who is one with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord, and that spirit is holy. Sin separates me from God, and I'm one with God. How can sin be present in my spirit? It is not. It's impossible. It can't be there. This is having your, our minds renewed, and this will transform us. Because when we grasp this on the inside, it'll then start to manifest on the outside. It'll make its way to our souls, to our minds, will, and emotions, which it's doing right now by the Spirit. And then it will manifest in these mortal bodies. Why? Because I pray that you would be in good health and that your body would prosper even as your soul prospers. And how does your soul prosper? Back to being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's your soul. The renewing of your soul. I just shared it in that encounter with the Lord, with the heifer and the fat bull. Huh? My soul, my mind was renewed, and I became transformed in that moment. Depression, anxiety, it just <laughs> vanished. Couldn't even stand there. Huh? God's like, man, take your mind off of this and realize it is finished. Huh? You're one with me, man. And then, like, sin loses its, in, it, it loses its, its draw. And it's, like, I don't, I don't need it. I don't want, I don't, why? I don't need it. Hmm? And then holiness is who I am, not what I do or don't do. Righteousness is who I am, not what I do or, 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 or don't do. We, we talked about this a lot, that, you know, we, we sin and we think all of a sudden we became less righteous. But I didn't stop sinning to become righteous. I turned from my sin and thinking that my sin was good and okay. But my faith in Jesus alone made me righteous. And my faith in Jesus alone keeps me righteous. John 15. I am the vi true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word. Somebody say, read this out loud with me. Somebody read it. You are because of what? You're clean because of the word. The word you did what with? The believed. Paul calls it the implanted word that is able to save what? Your souls. Has saved your spirit, is able to save your soul. Do you understand? You've already been made clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I want to stop right there. You can do nothing. So, we don't look at our life 
and go, oh, I'm lacking fruit in this area, so I need to scurry around and drum up and do something to make fruit produce. That's not what Jesus is saying, and that's not the way it works. And honestly, you will just end up exhausted and tired if you go try to do that. He says, if you will abide in me and I in you, by default, fruit will be produced. It will be a byproduct of this co-abiding. How am I abiding? By believing. I'm believing. I am one spirit with the Lord. He who is one with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. I am believing there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that nothing can separate me from the love of God. No height, no depth, no principality, no power, no ruler, no nothing. No plan of the enemy and my sin. Huh? My sin. We've really been, the Holy Spirit has been confronting us a lot with this thinking. Because again, especially in this country, a country of laws, the way our mind is geared is when we mess up, there must be retribution. But in this good news, the retribution has already been prepaid 2,000 years ago on the cross. I feel the Holy Spirit on that. Did you feel that? Man, it just shifted. I'm telling you, God confirms his word with himself. The retribution, the punishment that you deserve, that I deserve, the people sitting next to you deserved. This is why when they mess up, you have an amazing opportunity. It's called the ministry of reconciliation for you to look at them and point them right back to the cross. Well, you know, brother, you're going to need to do five, six steps. You're going to be, we're not, I love our Catholic brothers and sisters, but we don't do penance here. The price of penance was paid on the cross. We don't do penance. That's not the good news. That's Jesus and. Jesus and. Well, Jesus, it was finished on the cross, but not really. There's still a side project that needs done. And, you know, until you pay your dues, then you can be restored and you can be right. No. I shared it this week. There's a way to bypass all the works. It's called faith. It's called believing. And this is how we abide. We believe. I believe. Listen, David had a revelation. Where can I go from your presence? Even in the depths of hell, you are there. Even in the crack house, you're there. Even in the whorehouse, he's there. We look at these places and these people and these things like, oh, they're so unclean. God would never touch that. No, 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 no. You're making that thing more powerful than God. Actually, what God will do is when God steps on the scene, whatever is unholy is made holy. Huh? Wherever God is becomes holy ground. You don't, we don't go to a temple to meet God. God fills the temple and makes it his temple. Hmm? We don't just go to a temple in a place where God dwells. No, God comes and makes the place where he dwells his temple. It's not made the temple because you built it and invited God. It's made the temple because God dwells there. Hmm? This is the gospel. This is good news. This is abiding. This is where God shows up at. He dominates. What did God do in the promised land? When God showed up, it became what? His land. God doesn't just come in to a place in a territory and step down and he's like, oh, 
you know, I know we love to invite the Holy Spirit. You're welcome here. And we mean it from the, what we mean is like what we're really saying when we're saying, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here is, Lord, we don't want anything in our the posture of our heart that would be against you or your way. way. But listen, this is God's house. We're the ones that are being welcomed in. Huh? Like, you're not like, God, you're welcome in my body. God's like, no, you get to exist in my temple. <laughs> you know, think about it. David said, Lord, just to be the doorkeeper in your house. Okay? Think about this now in the new covenant. You are the house. How much David would have longed for that reality? Huh? David's like, oh, just to be the doorkeeper at your house. You are the house. Hmm? Think rightly. Think differently. Think kingdom. Again, I, I pray some of you are here Wednesday. We're going in it. We're going there. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The mystery revealed is this. God came and lives inside of us. And when we are gathered together, we become a dwelling place more so even why because god's in her and god's in her and god's in you god's in god's in me and we gather together the bible says where two or more are gathered i'm there in his midst we act like that's two believers i don't know because jesus himself said this he said you you know everybody their their testimony must be verified by two or three witnesses and he said, the blood, the water, and the Spirit, they testify of me. The Spirit being in a place is a valid witness. It's a valid person. So wherever I go, it's me and the Holy Ghost. Guess what? Two or more right there. Jesus is here in my midst, wherever I am. Huh? This will shift your dy dynamic. This is why Paul talks about, says, don't be like them. I cannot taste, cannot drink, cannot touch, cannot associate, cannot this. I don't tell you not to talk to people. Uh, who are drunkards in the world, who are, who are um, fornicators in the world. Why? Because you wouldn't talk to anybody. He said, I'm not talking about that. Huh? I'm telling you, we got more faith in sin. I, I said this before, I'm going to keep saying it. Sin's ability to separate us from God than God's ability to separate us from sin. So much so we avoid sinners like they got something on them, like something's going to I caught myself doing that. Listen, I got an opportunity to, to minister to some homosexuals and different people like that. And I'm telling you, they literally, they literally have encountered Christians who act like when they get around them, somehow the, whatever's going on in them is going to in, infect them. And, and that's how they perceive perceive us sometimes do you understand that that like literally we treat them in such a way that i can't get so close to them or build relationship with them because whatever is wrong in them is going to infect me what I, what my bible says is greater is he who's in me than he's who the word if anybody's infecting anybody it's the god in me infecting them huh Now, if you're weak, as the Bible calls it, weak in your faith, and you need to be sober-minded about that. that, it doesn't say weak in your strength. It says weak in your faith. When you're weak in your faith, that means when you go around others and they influence you. It means you go around people smoking weed and you start smoking weed. You go around people that are watching porn and you start watching porn. You go around a homosexual and then you start having a homosexual tendency. Why? It doesn't have anything to do with them. Paul says it's because you're weak in your faith. That's why he talks about people who have a sip of wine, which, again, I mean, I don't drink. 
Personally, I don't drink. Maybe I'm weak there. I don't know. I don't drink. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I just don't see the benefit. That's just me. Okay? But, and you know, if you're weak in your faith and you have a drink and it causes you to go get sloshed, you're weak there. You're weak in your faith. Just own it. It's not a problem. Just own it. Huh? But somebody who's not weak in their faith, have a sip of beer, sets it down, that's it. Because in that area, they have faith to know it doesn't have power over them. This isn't a condemning statement. It's just a fact. That's why he says, you be mindful of others who are weak in their faith because you don't want them to cause them to stumble. Which means if you have the freedom to have a sip of beer and you have a sip of beer and they see you and they don't have that kind of same faith and they say, well, I see them do it, I want to do it, and they take a drink and then now they're at the bar blowing up their life because why? Their faith was weak. You become, Paul talks about people becoming shipwrecked in their faith. You go off and live in sin because you stop believing rightly about yourself. I see it time and time again. People come in, they get touched by God, everything's good in their life, they start getting blessed, and then trouble comes like Jesus prophesied, and all of a sudden they're like, I must not be saved, God must not be for me. No, your, your faith is being tested. Do you believe you are who God says you are regardless? That's the question. Do you believe God is who he says he is? Regardless, that is the question. That is faith. I believe no matter what. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's evidence of things not seen. My hope isn't necessarily in that all the blessings and abundance of heaven will manifest in this life. I believe that they can and I believe that they do. But ultimately, my hope is in eternity that it will forever and ever and ever. You see, that's why it's the substance of things hoped for. It's my blessed hope. I won't need faith in the kingdom of God at the end. I won't need faith in heaven. I won't need it. Why? Because I'll look with my eyes and I'll see it. Huh? The world, I've said it before, the world needs to see it before they believe it. Faith believes it and then we see it. Hmm. We need this thing, man. We got to believe rightly, regardless. I just believe God. I'm not coming off of it. I don't care. Shame, I don't care. Well, you sinned five minutes ago. I don't care. I care that it hurt God, but I don't care when it comes to my identity. Because my sin five minutes ago didn't change me. Do you know why it didn't change me? Because my not sinning ten minutes ago didn't make me righteous. Jesus Christ, his shed blood and his finished work on the cross and the faith he gave me to believe it, that made me righteous. The seal of the Holy Spirit, that saved me. Huh? I'm not less saved the moment I make a mistake than I am the first time I believe. I'm not less saved. What are you talking about? Huh? Thief on the cross, man. You, you realize, too, we got heroes, in, in, and I love it, man. People have been walking with, four, with the Lord for 40 years, and we're like, well, 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 that's so amazing that you did 40 years. And I'm thinking, like, well, the only ways they made it for 40 years is they... They definitely failed a hundred million times in 40 years. Do you know how they stayed with the Lord for 40 years? They just kept believing. They just kept believing. Huh? And you're saying, well, they're not as mean as so-and-so and so-and-so. Why? Because they just kept believing. And as they believed, they were transformed by the renewing of their mind. They started to believe that they were righteous, and then righteousness started to manifest in them. 
Huh? They just abided by believing and, and they just stayed abiding. And as they stayed abiding, what happens? God pruned their life and more fruit. And then he pruned their life and more fruit. And then he pruned, I said, he, not you. He, not you. He pruned their life and then more fruit. And we look at it and we, we start clapping at people like, good job. What are you talking about? They just used the faith that God gave them in the first place. There's only one hero at the end of this story. His name is Jesus. There's only one getting the glory, man. Please don't look at me ever as a hero. Uh-uh. Jesus, man. Jesus. We got our heroes in the faith and all the people we prefer. It's really, that's what they are. They're people you prefer. You like the way they talk and their mannerisms and all this and all that. That's really what it is. Man, the Lord was talking to me during worship, and he said the, 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 the world is obsessed with superheroes right now. The world is obsessed because they're all longing for a Savior. He said the world is obsessed with superheroes because they're longing for a Savior. And he told me, he said, there's only one hero in this story. There's only one hero, man. Whew, I felt up. Hey, I felt that, man. There's only one hero in this story. His name is Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know nobody else's name. You know that? When he comes on the cloud, that vast army where I believe I'll be one of them caught up to meet him in the sky, huh? Or maybe you'll be one of them coming back with him. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Those of us who remain will be changed in the blinking of an eye, will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and there will be with him forever and ever and ever. Huh? And come and, and rule and reign with him. Huh? But you won't know my name. You won't know my name. I don't even know my name. Do you know that? We get a new name that only he knows. Huh? There's only one name that remains. Jesus, Lord of Lord, King of Kings, Yeshua, Messiah. Huh? Son of Yahweh. Hmm. Robe dipped in blood. This king, eyes flame of fire, hair white like wool, and the feet like burnished bronze. There's one hero, man. There's one we'll gaze at forever and ever. There's one. And it's that same one that saved you, keeps you saved. The indwell He's the indwelling, implanted Word that is able to save your soul. He's the cleansing of the Word you had already heard. Where else can we go, said Peter? Your words are spirit and they are life. He said, my words are spirit of life. He says, you have the words of eternal life. Jesus says, you search the Scriptures, thinking that in them you'll find eternal eternal life but they speak of me my words they are spirit in life my words this is the word that all what already cleansed you hmm? it's the word that saved you that's saving you today it's the author and the finisher of your faith it's the he began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it it's the word actively moving and working in my soul saving me empowering my spirit to live day after day and listen I'm telling you I am done in the sin shame cycle meaning this when I mess up I fess up and I get up and I move the heck on in that second, in that moment, man, I just believe it. Like you're not, you're not gonna stop me anymore. 
I'm not going to stop believing. I'm just, man, I'm setting my face like, no, I am righteous and I will not be made unrighteous. There's only one who can blot my name out of the Lamb's book of life and it's the Lamb himself. He's the one that put it there and he's the one that can take it out. I cannot blot my name out. Only he can. Huh? And I'm just going to continue to be like, man, mercy. It's the same one that told Peter, how many times must I forgive him? 77 times 7. Huh? How much time? He wouldn't have told him that if he ain't forgiven the same way, buddy. He said, well, what if he does it again and he does it again and he doesn't keep forgiving him? If he does it again and he does it again, keep forgiving him. That's the grace and mercy of God. And I'm just not going to come. I'm just going to believe. I'm just going to believe. Nope, I'm righteous. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. Well, Brett, you did. um, I don't have time for that. You want to tell me I'm righteous? Okay, cool. Yep. You want to tell me God's able to keep me from my sin? Yep. Cool. I want to hear that. I want to believe that. I have no ability in and of myself to keep myself from sin. Newsflash, neither do you. Neither did you and nor do you now. He who abides in me will bear much fruit. He who abides in me. And I in him. The Spirit of God produces it. So why are there moments where the lusts of the flesh are being produced, but the fruit of the Spirit, it's what you believe. I guarantee you it will come back to something that you believe. Somewhere, some doubt, some fear, some lie is winning the fight of faith. But the second, the second that you believe rightly, just like I shared with the heifer and the bull. I'm right back into understanding. I'm a son. I'm set free. I'm loved, man. I'm cherished. I'm washed. I'm clean. I'm blessed. And then you just get up and you just run again. You just run again. You don't come walking around other people carrying the shame like, well, if they just knew. They don't need to know. No, know what? I forgive your sins and I remember them no more. Know what? If we're living in heaven, if we're on God's time, if we're in God's mind, then my mind towards you is it never happened. Because that's God's mind towards you. Huh? 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 And then you'll stop doing these weird, impulsive things, and you're like, why'd I do that? I tried to cover it up. I had to act fake, and and then I walked around with this blanket of shame for a week and was miserable and depressed because I believed a stupid lie. I I believed I was separated from God when I'm one with God. Do you know, that's typically how it works, I promise you. People come in church, I see it all the time. It's one of the reasons I think God set it up and we need it is he knew we'd, we'd forget it. And it's why he calls pastors under shepherds. Why? Because we shepherd your soul. We do this, we, we just partner in the ministry of Christ and bring you back to shepherding your soul. Because typically you just forget because you're a sheep. You know, sheeps forget where the water source is if they don't have a shepherd to guide them. Do you know that? And so you come in. You come into here. I'm pretty sure that's there. You come in. You sit down, right? And then, and then what happens? You, you was depressed, and you was all bummed out. And then the preacher gets up, and he goes, no, but you're righteous, but you're made clean. You're, and you're like, light bulb, I was clean. I've been clean this whole time. Why would I walk around this week like that? 
Huh. And then perspective happens. She's a pretty heifer. And he a fat boo. Huh? And it shifts and it changes. Huh? And you're like, oh, you foolish Galatians. I was a fool. You foolish Galatians. Who bewitched you? Huh? To thinking that you could earn this thing. That's what Paul was saying. Who bewitched you and told you you needed to add to your faith circumcision of the flesh? Paul saying this. Let me interpret it into nowadays. Who bewitched you and fooled you, tricked you, cast a spell on you, planted a lie in your mind to get you to believe that you needed to add something of your own efforts to your faith? That's what he's saying. Huh. Again, it's like the devil coming right up to Adam and being like, let me entice you with something you already have. Eat this and you'll be like God. Adam should have looked at him. And if Adam had been mindful of God, if his mind had been full of God, or Eve's mind had been full of God in that moment, she'd have looked at him and like, how you going, I'm made in the likeness and image of the most, how you, there is nothing in existence that can make me more like God. Huh? Why? Who's purer than God? Who's purer than God? Is there anyone? Ooh, catch this. The Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. They weren't corrupted until they knew corruption. Huh? The Bible says that the manifestation of the law is what? Sin. It's sin. Because they only knew purity in everything, even their nakedness, it was pure. That baby right there beautiful as she is when she's stark butt naked she has no idea she's stark butt naked until what till she gets about three or four and she runs through the house going stark butt naked and you're like you're naked get some clothes on and then they're like <laughs> you can't put your impurity on my purity Woo! that's what they're doing you can't make me pure you can't make up pure what's pure something in me calling to the garden Huh? Think about it. And it's not until they get about four or five years old and they're like, don't look at me. And we did that, which I'm not saying we should. It's my, in this day and age, yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? You know what all the moms are like, oh, my God, so right. This is the way it works, man. To the pure, all things are pure. It's funny, too, because, you know, people get saved and they do stuff and it ain't, you know, it's totally against the Bible. And they, but their conscience is totally clean. And, you, you know, they don't bother them one bit. I mean, especially like sometimes some, some of the words that come out of it. I, listen, I stood one time, I stood here, right, this guy, I prayed for him. And he got hit with the Holy Spirit and he said, oh, 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 and he's cussing right in the middle of the church and he's falling backwards going, oh, oh, because the power of God's hitting him. Why? Because he didn't know until somebody said, hey, we don't, we don't swear in church. Was that an unholy, impure moment just because he was swearing? No. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I started laughing. But somebody said, oh, that wasn't the Holy Spirit, brother. Yes, it was. Because <laughs> guess what? He got up and got off drugs. 
Look at that fruit. Do you? We don't swear because it's. I want to clarify this too. We don't swear because it's, it's cut cursing. So when the Bible says don't let blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth, it's actually not talking about swear words. Swear words are covered when it says no, let no um, uh, unwholesome or profane words come out of your mouth. Only what is good and encouraging and uplifting, and decent. Right. So that's covered in there, but it's not cursing. What cursing actually cursing is speaking negatively. Well, I'm just, my son rebuked me this morning. I, I bought some new, I'm trying to eat breakfast. And I was doing the intermediate fast for a long time. I, I'm like, man, I need some energy. I need to eat. And so I bought some like protein waffles in this. And I don't know, man, I was busy coming in the house to put groceries away. So I put my frozen waffles in the pantry. <laughs> so I woke up this morning I was looking for my waffles I opened it up in the pantry I pulled them out I was like uh, 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 and I looked at the back they were all th- I was like oh these are supposed to be frozen so then I'm on Google can I still eat these like you know and I'm good I was good I was good they're good as long as they don't smell or have discoloration you're good and they don't recommend refreezing them but I was like I'm going to refreeze them and it, it, whatever and so uh I was like, whatever, because the texture can change, you know. And so my son comes out. I was like, I was an idiot. <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, that was an idiot movie. He goes, don't say that. Don't don't speak that over yourself. He starts rebuking me. We don't, I was cursing myself. Do you understand that? I was cursing myself. And he was like, we don't say that. Don't let blessing and cursing come out of your mouth. You know, I you catch it with your kids, man. You catch it with your kids. You can be like, you, don't be an idiot. I, I think, don't be an idiot. It's a little different. But but you're an idiot, or, or you know, you're just stupid. You ever heard somebody say that to their kids? You're cursing them. But then the next moment you'd be like, Father, bless them. Let them have an amazing night. Help them sleep. Give them dreams, visions, angelic encounters. Heal their body. I bless you in Jesus' name. You idiot. That's what he means. Don't let blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. Change your mind. Huh? This is all abiding in him. Dwelling in him, abiding in him. Psalms 91, real quick. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of Almighty. Now, is this spending time with, is part of this spending time with God every day? Yes, it is. But I, wanna, I want us to think a little differently, okay? And, and be a little bit more scripturally sound, sound in the reality of it, okay? Because things will happen to you according to how you believe. All right? I used to believe that if I didn't get three hours a day with God, I would be a crappy person. I'm serious. If I don't go lock away with Jesus and be alone with Jesus and get to this certain place of encounter or experience or whatever with God, then I was going to be more irritable. And guess what would happen? I would be more irritable if that didn't happen. And then God came in and started saying, hey, you know, some wiring in your mind, there is not the mind of Christ, and we need to renew your mind, and you need to start to believe. He, the Lord said, are you working in yourself the fruit of the Spirit? Ooh. Or does the Spirit produce the fruit? Mm-hmm. Well, so does the Spirit leave you? Mm-hmm. Then is the Spirit always working? Mm-hmm. Is the Spirit working with or without you? Mm-hmm. 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 
Actually, I've <laughs> I've been known to to almost aggressively work against the spirit, and still he overpowers and and works in me effectively. So, huh? If we're being honest, hey man, there's some story I would share with you men alone where I tried to do some things and it just didn't work, and Holy Spirit just went and shut it down, huh? Because he's more powerful. I don't know. That's what we're trying to re- fix right now. Because huh? we're sheep. We're sheep. We're sheep. And the devil's a liar, and he's still running around trying to deceive. So, think about it. You think sin's more powerful than, than God. That's really what it boils down to. Hmm? Or if I misread my Bible. <gasps> but you know, preachers... We stand up here and we tell you, when you get saved, you have to read your Bible. You have to be at every service. You have to pray X amount a day. At least give God 15. At least give God 30. Every preacher has their number. And typically, it's usually what they do in private, which is why it's what's acceptable. I haven't been guilty. Which is why I preach three hours for years. You know? Or give God a tithe of your day, two and a half hours, you know? Everybody preaches that. Listen, if you do that, you should do that. It's amazing. It'll benefit your life. Don't neglect the secret place. Please don't come off of it. Please don't. You should spend time in your Bible. You should pray. You should spend time with God. How are you going to know somebody if you don't spend time with them? I mean, again, there would I would have if I hadn't every single day, no matter what. Listen, and I want to tell you this: every single day, get alone with God. Get alone with God every single day. Jesus thought it was the most important because let me tell you. If I hadn't have made that time to, to get with the Lord and open the word and seek him, I never would have come across uh, pretty heifer and fat cow. My mind would have, do you understand? Could God have gotten through to me? Sure, but I probably would have walked around, slumped around, you know, come to church. Why? Don't forsake. Because God knows that we get in our minds, we get in ourselves, we get in this thing and get in that thing. And these are ways God has divinely strategized and set up to, to minister to our soul. Do all those things. But I don't want your faith to be in those things. I want your faith to be in the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. This isn't a free license to do whatever you want. That's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. He who dwells in the secret place. So if I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, what is the secret place of the Most High? The secret place is the, the place where God dwells. It would have been the Holy of Holies, right? It would have been the locked away secret place of the Most High. Abides in the shadow of the Almighty. So... To abide, I must dwell in the secret place. Well, that's very interesting. So, I, again, and I'm, I'm getting into Wednesday when we get into Ephesians. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Okay? But where do I need to dwell? I need to dwell right here with God. I need to dwell in the secret fact. Ooh, the mystery revealed. The mystery place. The secret place. The fact that God is in me. That God is with me. That I am no less with God right now in front of you than I am at home alone with God. At home alone with God, my mind can be more full of God. Does this make sense? I can fill my mind with God alone with God. Why? Because I have a singular focus I've moved all, all the distractions and I can commune just me and God. I need that. But I also need to commune with God with people. 
Why? Why? Because then my connection with God will be determined upon whether I'm alone or not. This can't be so. Because the reality is you spend most of your life not alone with God. Huh? But if you start to understand that dwelling in the secret place of the Most High means living with God in secret 24-7. 24-7, I'm with God. When I'm asleep, I'm abiding in God and God is abiding in me. When I go to sleep, the Spirit didn't leave me. When I awake, the Spirit didn't leave me. When I walked in Walmart, the Spirit didn't leave me. I mean, if David said I could go down to the depths of hell and the Spirit didn't leave me, and that was the Spirit on the outside, you better believe the Spirit on the inside ain't going nowhere. I'm literally one with the Spirit of God. He is one with me. I need to believe and abide. And as I believe in that, man, this changes and shifts. You want to see fruit produced in your life? Abide. How do I abide? I believe that I'm abiding. I believe it. You read the rest of Psalms 91. We're not going to go into the day. But listen, I want to read verse 2. So he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. He's my refuge and my fortress. My refuge and my fortress lives in me. Madame Guyon talked about it quite a bit. Uh, and there's all these fun Christian cliche phrases that I'm not saying are wicked in a sense, but what they do is they renew your mind in the wrong way, though. I will say that. Because they make you again, they get you in a works and an earn mentality, and it's press in, press through, break through, go in, push in. We got to go into the presence of God. We got to go with this, this. Let me tell you something the presence of God is in you. Let me tell you something. I need to look in. I'm not trying to get to a place. huh? I'm trying to believe what's already there. What's already there. huh? What's already done. Hmm? I have the fullness of God dwelling in Christ. And now Christ dwells in us. Whoo. Huh? Whoo. Now you want to, that'll crank your secret place time up. You go lock away with God and you're like, I need to listen to five songs to get in the mood and get my mind. No, really. You know what all that does? You know what all that does? All really it does is it's renewing your mind. You know that, right? You're worshiping and you're singing why it brings the presence of God, why it does all this, why there's an anointing on here, because you're becoming aware of what's already there. You're getting mindful of God. It's not like, listen, it doesn't work like this. You go sit in your secret place and you're like, God, please come. God, please come. Oh, I worship you. I praise you. And then you like reach into heaven with your praise and your worship and twist God's arm. And then God steps in the scene and steps in your room. It doesn't work that way. He's already in you. He's already with you. He didn't go anywhere. Actually, what happens is what's on the inside starts to bubble up on the outside. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water, an artesian well bumping up. And then the reality of what's on the inside, you become aware of it on the outside. If you experience something external, it's from an overflow of what's internal. And let me tell you, what's external is temporary and fleeting because this body will be exchanged for an immortal body. But what's internal is eternal. 
forever and ever. The Spirit flows out and comes upon. It's different in the new covenant. It's different from the new covenant. He poured out His Spirit on all flesh. It didn't wipe off. This is how we think and we view it, though. We think it's like if I take this, I'm not going to do it, but if I take this bottle of water and I dump it over Jennifer's head right now, okay, and then she goes gets a towel and she wipes it off, and then over time her hair's going to be dried. And that's how we feel about the Holy Spirit. That's how we think about God's presence. You ain't drying this Spirit out of you. You know why churches are dried up and this and that? Because of what they believe and don't believe, man. Huh? You want a live church? Believe it's alive. You know why we're alive? Because we believe we're alive. Huh? You know why the power of God moves in here? Because we believe and God does it sovereignly. He works according to faith, man. You know why there's healings? Because we believe. Huh? Go to a church that doesn't believe in here. You won't see as many. It's just a fact, and it's not, it, it's not works, man. It's faith working in us. God in you. This is abiding. This is bearing. This is the secret place. Huh? You know, God didn't call you to go lock away with him and, and just live your life in seclusion with God. He didn't do that. Should you spend that time every day? Yes, you should. I, I believe everybody should, sure. It's the, part of the most beneficial time you can make throughout your day. Huh? But what has been done in the inside of you now needs to be carried everywhere you go. I want you to think real quick, and then I'm going to pray. Did God abide with the Israelites? Did God abide with the Israelites? When he left Egypt and led them through the wilderness, was God abiding with the Israelites? Yes, he was. Now, were the Israelites always abiding with God? When did they stop abiding with God? When they stopped believing God was good, when they stopped believing God was for them, when they forgot the miracles he did, their hearts drifted somewhere. He says you were hypocrites in your hearts. Their hearts drifted. You know they were literally sacrificing. They were doing it amongst the camp in secret. But they were literally worshiping a, the star of Rephim, the Bible says. And they were sa sacrificing babies and all, this, all that stuff was going on. While God was literally in their midst in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. Do you get that? Hmm? But God was... Still there, abiding. Huh? Do you understand, though, that now, so you had the ark and the tent and the people around the tent. Old covenant. You went in the tent to meet with God or the courtyard if you were a Gentile, right? And only the priest could go in the holy, high priest could go in the holy holies. All right. But new covenant, you're the tent. You're the tent. You're the tent. God's in you. 
you're the ark. You're the ark. You're, you're carrying the presence. You're the case. You're the thing that he's in. It's you. It's me. Where was God's, everywhere God's, the ark and the tent and went was God's place. Everywhere it went, worship took place. Everywhere you go, worship takes place. Everywhere you go, the presence. Now when you step into Walmart, oh man, the ark is here. I, let me tell you when that won't be a reality the second you forget it. Sorry, it won't not be a reality. Your awareness of it, the second you forget it, it stops being a reality to you. It never changes. It never stops. You never stop. But your mind comes off of it. Do you understand? You're like, ooh, frozen potatoes. Oh, pie. I could eat ice cream later. Uh-huh. And you forget that you're literally the temple of God. I want you to start believing it. Next time you're in line at Walmart and you're standing there, be like, oh, y'all have no idea. Oh, if you really knew. It's like Jesus to the woman at the well. If you really knew who was standing in your line, do you understand who's standing in your line? The ark of God is right here in your line. Ooh, and you're like, ooh. And you start hearing the gossip and the slander and the talking and the sex talk and the, and, the, and that, and you smell the weed and you smell that, and you're like, and you start, you're like, oh, but if you knew. And you're like, the fire of God, man, I know what rests on top of the ark. It's a pillar of fire. And it, man, there's a reason that when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, p- flames of fire appeared on their heads. There's a reason, man, because they're the ark. And they're the pillar of fire. And you're standing there. I just want you to imagine. I don't know if anybody's ever seen uh, Dragon Ball Z or anything like that. And they get their powers and they start going like this. And flame encompasses their body. Next time, I want you you'll be standing in Walmart. And you're like, you don't understand what is the fullness of God is standing here in bodily form. Right here. What, 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 what issue you got? What issue you got? Pray from that place. I'm serious. See what happens. What? It, what oh, oh, and you've been, oh, the, the, the lady that tells like, oh, my knee. But, oh, the ark is here. Hey, huh? Greater is he that's in me than that right there. Let me pray for you. Hey, do you know the good news has arrived? Huh? And, you know, the Bible says that the spirit draws people. You don't have to work. You don't have to convince them into the kingdom. There's a spirit in you literally knocking. Huh? I, I literally, my son, he, he, he calls it pastor mode, but he doesn't understand it actually has nothing to do with me. I don't do it intentionally. It just happens. But literally, I will walk, walk meet people and sit down and they talk to me and they start crying. And I'm like, I, I didn't do anything. I literally, listen, I am not like, I don't have all the words. I'm not the smoothest person. Like, all that. Well, I start talking, and they start telling you their whole life story, and they start, they just, they, cr- they crumble like Jericho walls. Why? Because the ark is present. It ain't me. They just, I, sometimes Tim rides in the car, we ride in the car, and stuff just starts coming out. You just, you start talking. 
And you're like, why? Huh, we go to job sites. Listen, this dude got healed. Every time he comes, he said, oh, how you doing? <laughs> and then he'll start, they, he won't cuss as much, you could tell. You know, people, if they start chain, they're like, oh, you know. I got into a debate with a guy. I probably should have got in trouble, but I didn't. He didn't know. He was arguing with the ark. It was inside of me. I was carrying the ark. He didn't know. Shh. You don't listen, man. I'm telling you, this isn't boastful. This isn't arrogance. This isn't the heart because you're not boasting in you at all. You're boasting in the finished work of Christ. I boast not. I boast in my weakness but in his strength. He who abides in me will bear much fruit. Believe and abide. Believe and abide. Listen, believe and abide. Ooh, believe and abide. You know? How you think, how you think the early disciples did it? They didn't have this. Hmm? They didn't have this. If they were Jews, they might have had access to the Old Testament. And then some of the new the the Gentiles they had some letters to pass around eventually, but there's like thirty something years stuff goes on, no nothing, all they got is word of mouth encouraging one another. They weren't relying upon man, but the church was still built. Actually, look at the first couple hundred years. The church was built so fast by the Spirit. Think about that. They didn't have your MP3 player in Maverick City on Spotify or YouTube music to get in the mood. They didn't have that. They had God in them. And so do you. I've actually had the Holy Spirit lead me in times of prayer to not use any of that stuff. To not use anything. Do not, not read my Bible in that moment. I'll read my Bible. He'll lead me. He eventually leads me there. But nothing. Just sit with God and, and, and begin to, to meditate on the Word. Close your eyes and imagine. You can do it right now. Go ahead. Close your eyes. Imagine the tabernacle of Moses or the tent of David. Imagine the ark on the inside. Now look within. That's you. That's you. <laughs> Imagine that pillar of fire just burning in you. In you. You're abiding in him and he's abiding in you. Just believe it. God, I pray right now the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you and the mystery revealed, Christ in us, the hope of glory. I pray we'd be burning, believing, abiding ones. Fruit just can't help but be produced. In Jesus' name, amen.